0: <laughs> it's great to see each of you to be here tonight. Um, God is good and we are thankful to Him for His gift, right, allowing us to assemble, uh, to study His Word. So let's, uh, go together in a word of prayer to God, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much and praise you. Thank you for blessing us and for helping us, for granting it to us the opportunity to be here tonight, Lord God, to, Study your word. Please open our eyes and grant to us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And help us, Lord God, to become stronger in our faith and our walk with you. Please continue to protect us, guide us, guard us, lead us, and direct us. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray and thank you if it be that will. Amen. Tonight Jesus is the great I am, uh, continuing that thought from when we left off. And tonight we're doing the light of the world and you know, I know we have a lot to talk about when you think about the light of the world. And I'm not thinking when you think of light of the world, I know it's we think of like um, wickedness and evil, and that certainly is true, but how is Jesus the light of the world? Right? I mean, it's not just that the Bible says he's the light, we know he's the light, but how how is how is Jesus the light in your personal life, in your walk with Jesus? Right? How is he that light? You know, and I think in order to answer that, you have to first recognize that there's darkness and then think about the darkness uh, that sometimes uh, is found within, right? Sometimes there's darkness within me that I'm not necessarily proud of, but uh, it shows this ugly head every, every now and then. So, so darkness. One of the things that children are, are just Afraid of majority, maybe not all, um, is darkness, right? Like when you put in a bed at night, they want you to leave a light on, a night light of some sort. They don't want you just to, um, turn all the lights off. And some, some children grow out of that, and some aren't afraid of, of the dark. But, you know, darkness is associated with fear, right? Or fear is associated with darkness. Maybe that's the correct way of, of saying that. But also, when you think of gloom, everything that's everything that's bad, disaster, death, shadows, loneliness, everything that's bad is associated with darkness. How did that come to pass? Why is that? Is that a natural um, one of those things that God has just kind of put in us? Because some folks work at night, no big deal, right? Some folks work in the mines. How do we overcome that fear of darkness? If we have the fear of dark, does anyone here have a fear of darkness? You do, okay. Um, And what is what is that darkness to us? Why are we afraid of the dark? Anyone? So who has Jacob? You have the microphone, right? In case someone has a comment or question, I want you all to help me out in my Bible class tonight, please. Actually, I want you to help me out in the Bible class from now on. If you would like to help me, if you don't want to help me, that's fine. I understand. you won't be on the camera, you'll be in the back, but they'll hear your voice. But darkness, why are we afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? Any thought, why are we afraid of the dark? What was that? I don't know what's in the dark, I don't know what's there. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's there, okay? So that is scary, isn't it, to not know what's what's on the other side, right? Uh, like if you had the choice to go through a dark alley... Or one that's illuminated. I mean, wisdom would say probably not to go through the dark alley. But yeah, you don't know what's there. Okay, what's another reason that we're afraid of the dark? We don't we don't know what's there. What else? Any thoughts? We walk we walk by sight. We, we do so we don't know what's there. We walk by sight. This isn't a faith thing, right? We walk by sight. We don't know what's there. And so, you know, having to walk by sight and not being able to use our greatest sense, uh, our our vision, it makes it kind of scary or gloomy, right? Interesting, if you will, to say the least. We can understand physical darkness clearly because, like you say, walk by sight. We don't know what's on the other side shouldn't it be equally terrifying, scary, uncomfortable, to walk without Jesus? Think about that, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I walked without Jesus for a very long time. So I didn't know what, I mean, in reality, if you think about it, I really didn't know what light was. Isn't that kind of interesting when you think about it? If you're, I mean, being honest, if you're not with Christ and you're not in the light, you're in the darkness, right? Isn't that kind of the way it works? It's God's black and white. It's kind of... One of those things. There's no in between. So, um, though, though I though I did some good deeds, and and you know you've done good deeds. If we're outside of Christ, aren't we in the darkness? Isn't that what the Bible says? And the one thing about light is that light exposes darkness. You know, but do we even realize this is what's scary? And, and thinking about Satan as well. Though we know as Christians now, we know that at one time. We were in the darkness. Do we even realize or did we realize that we were in the darkness? Or did we think we were in the light? Think about that. I know no idea. I thought I was okay. Right? Because, you know, it's easier to say, well, I'm not as bad as, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy. Right? Or whatever it, it might have taken. But uh, did I even realize I was in the darkness living in conflict, contrary to the will of God. So the world, we'll go to Genesis for a a moment, chapter chapter 1, and very obvious scripture, but the first thing we do when we go into a dark room is what? Turn on the light. We love light. It's funny, we love light. If we could just help people even ourselves, to love Jesus like we love the light. Think about what that will do to our lives. We're supposed to love Jesus like we love the light. And it's supposed to be unnatural, become unnatural, to God's people to be in darkness ever. And to always reach for the light when we find ourselves in darkness. So in the beginning, the world was formless and void, right? Look at verses 3 through 5. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day.
1: you think there's a design
0: in this? Darkness versus light as far as humans. See, we don't, we don't, like animals, I don't know how they determine that, but you can kind of tell when you shine a light into the eyes of an animal, they, you know, have a kind of a glare or glow to you. So they say animals have a certain kind of vision in the night that we do not share, right? And then, you think it's, there's a design in there for us? You know, the idea that we don't fare well and we're not comfortable in the darkness and that the light is always and has always been good. Do you think God has some kind of purpose in there for, with that? Think about that. Right? The association um, between darkness and light. Darkness and light. And when Jesus, I want us to, instead of just saying Jesus is the light, tonight I want us to think about, well, what, what does that really mean to you? What does that mean to me? What does that really mean Jesus is the light of the world or in, in my life. God is the light. And God said the light was good. And in God there is no darkness. But the world was in darkness. Right? I want to go all the way to Rome. Just because I want to move forward to get to Jesus. Luke uh, chapter 1. And Rome, what do you remember? We studied Revelation um, about Rome and the persecution of the people. Or what do you know about Rome uh and the, the persecution of the people? Where was was Rome a were they a good, godly, God fearing nation, country, or were they are were they were, were they ungodly? Do you remember? Were they ungodly or were they godly? They were ungodly, thank you. So they were, they were a very ungodly nation, and do you think living in the time of the Romans, and you, you've, you've watched maybe some movies, or you've, you've heard stories, we've, we've read the Bible and studied it. Do you think it was a, maybe it was a, was it a fearful time if you were going to become a Christian to live in Rome, or was it a happy-go-lucky, beautiful time? Yeah, it was fearful, right? Why was it so fearful? Because Rome was, is it because Rome was the light or because Rome was in darkness? They were in darkness, right? They were not only in spiritual darkness, they were in physical darkness because think about the, the gore of those days. Um, someone says, I would like to have John the Baptist's head on the platter. That is probably not a very happy time to live. I mean, that's kind of gory and, but people thought that was, that was no big deal. You know, to ask for John the Baptist's head on the platter, because they were such, such, uh, there was so much wickedness going on, so much bloodshed, that um it, <laughs> just horrible. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes the fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus. And look at what it says about the baby. Verse uh, 76, regarding his, his mission. Um. This is about Jesus and about John the Baptist as well. The whole mission coming to uh, to to fruition. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare His ways to give His people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the um, the, the sunrise from on hills shall visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So here's this, this plan for John who will prepare the way and for Jesus who will come in the middle of the dark world and they're going to shine bright. You're a target. You see how John and Jesus were so easily uh, declared, not only the enemy, but they were targets to the world? They were a target because they exercised good. And so when people saw them, what happens when when good is in the midst of evil? What happens? Is it is it the exposure of evil? Yeah, right. Yeah, good, you know, it's like when you you're in a dark spot and You're not sure what's on the floor or what's in front of you, and you shine a bright light, it exposes it, right? That's what our good is supposed to do to the world. We're supposed to expose them. No, don't let them ever expose us, right? (laughs) But we're supposed to expose them. And so when we're around people in the world, they should um, become more cautious or careful with what they say in your, in your presence. Not because, not because you're better or, or greater or what, but because you are a reflection of Jesus and the light that's in you exposes their evil. And so it causes them to have a desire to do better. Just being in your presence. Pretty impressive. That's the way it's supposed to always be. Remember, we lead, we don't follow right it's god's people we're not supposed to follow the world and what they do we're supposed to lead them and we lead them out of darkness and into light to Jesus right? let's look at first John chapter chapter one but we also become then a target right just like um, Jesus was a target John the immerser was a target we become a target when we stand against evil, so what things have you heard people say, not necessarily about you but about Christians who are trying to do the right thing, like you're going to worship on Sunday morning and you're driving your car what do you what have you heard people say about those people driving to church on Sunday? Don't they say things like these are Sunday drivers? you ever heard that term like these are the law- these are the guys that follow the laws basically um you ever heard, uh, people say these are, um, you know, your do-gooders? What are some of those terms? Have you heard a term that I, when I was, um, in Soldana, one of the teens said, um, we're Bible thumpers. I never heard, I don't know, I still don't know what that really means, but, you know, the teen said, they call us Bible thumpers. And I'm like, what is that? Okay. I, I mean, I get it. It has something to do with the Bible, but I've, i never heard that. But what do people say about, about Christians? Um, in the world today, any, any anything? What what do they call us? Yeah, right. That's right. Church goers. You know these. Yeah, these are church. These are church. Church that that, that implies they're gonna they're gonna judge us, right? <laughs> church goers. So you church goers, or instead of and it's another way of saying you people who are in the light, right? That's what they're saying, right? Yes, in the in the back. Go ahead. I don't know if that's on. Holy, yeah, that's a good one. Holy rollers, yeah, yeah. You folks are holy rollers, and I want and think about. Yes, Jerry, this is here comes a really old one. No, just kidding. They Hippo, yeah, they do call us hypocrites. Well, that's true though. Sometimes, right? Unfortunately and sadly enough, uh, that's not what they're supposed to call us. But yeah, we can be hypocrites too, and we're supposed to be uniquely different what what they're saying in in regards to the the terms of holy rollers or or church goers or sunday drivers or those those types of words they're saying you people of the light but they don't know how to define they don't know how to define that they don't know what that really means because they don't really understand the light because they don't really understand their how how dark their darkness really is and the reality is we kind of illuminate them a little bit when we're in the midst what do they ask you for um If they know you're a churchgoer or a holy roller or a a Sunday driver and I mean Bible thumper and whatever else, if they're in trouble, what do they ask you for? (laughs) They ask you for prayers, that's right. Hey, can you pray for me? Because they can, they recognize the light. You're, you're part of the light. So Jesus was, and, and John were this, they were targets to a world of, of darkness that was full of, of things that, that we're not supposed to be. Including hypocrites, right? It's funny how they, they do call us hypocrites a lot of times, and um and then they you know how, how do you answer that when they say, "Well, I'm not going to church with you there's a bunch of hypocrites there, which uh, I get it, but how many more hypocrites are in the world <laughs> right and so first John one and verse five about Jesus, about God, and there, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. So, no darkness is another way of saying there is no sin in Jesus. Right? He lived and He never sinned. Why? Because sin is darkness. Jesus was never in the darkness. He didn't go into the darkness. He didn't have to. He couldn't. Because He loved His Father so much. And so, I am the light of the world, John eight in verse, in verse twelve. I mean, that is such a a deep statement that Jesus Christ makes when he when he speaks to them. That I want us to think about it tonight. And by the way, thank you very much for helping me. And um, I know it's kind of challenging with your mask on, but thank you for that. John eight in verse twelve. And I want you to continue to think about this with me. Verse twelve again. Jesus uh, there again. Therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, "I am the light." Of the world, he who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. Is that something to be proud of? You know, the walking away from hypocrisy, if you will, walking in the light and and staying away from the darkness. How does that feel, though? How does it feel being the being maybe that that light? You know, in the midst of of. You know, 30 people or 20 people or whatever and you're that one singled out light. How does that feel? Does it, does it feel great? Yes. As long as you know and you remember that God is light and God is love, and you walk in that light and remember that God loves you. Was there more? I'm trying to repeat it for people online. I got it. Okay, he had it first. So <laughs> uh, you're right. And so we have purpose, right? God is light. I'm supposed to be the light. And I know that God loves me, and I know that, that I, I am somebody with Jesus, right? I am some that was something that was very challenging um, for me growing in Christ it, you know I was a, a you know just out of my teen years and um, becoming a christian and the difference from you know God loving you and that's wonderful in being the light, but I was in the darkness for so long that it was it was awkward around my my friends. Right, I I hadn't learned you to choose new friends. I hadn't learned that yet, or try to bring your friends into the light. And at first, they didn't understand. You know, they were like, "Well, why why don't you do that? Why don't you? Why won't you go here? Why won't you?" It's like, "Oh, I can't. I can't do that anymore because now I'm I'm a Christian and I shouldn't have been doing that anyway." Right. But what happens is um, that is the idea that we have to defend ourselves as Christians. But the reality is. That when I learned, I don't really have to defend myself and say, I can't do that anymore. It's like, well, why do I have to do that? I got other things to do now. I now have a, a purpose filled life, if you want to want to call it that. Was there a comment over here? No? Nope. Okay. I now have this life that, you know, when I when I get up and I and I start going to my day, I, I've got some things that I need to do that are, are, are critically different from being just stuck in this old, uh, this old world. So when Jesus said that I am the light of the world, and he said to walk with me and no longer walk in darkness. What Jesus was saying and doing for us is saying, I love you, I'll be with you forever, walk with me. And to walk with Jesus is going back to that idea of the, the prophecy of Zechariah uh, and Luke. Uh, and speaking of John the Baptist and speaking of Jesus, to walk with Jesus means you too will be this light and you will be a spectacle. And people are going to notice you. You're in this crowd of people. They're going to notice you. They're going to pick you out. They're going to single you out. They're going to observe you. They're going to examine you. They're going to judge you. Because now you proclaim to be one who's with Jesus. Right? Where did I see a hand Someone's pointing. At, oh, right there. Okay. Yes, sir. That is correct. So, what, what was just uh, echoed is, sorry about that, the microphone is not working, but, um, that, that light can be viewed in, in two different ways, and it's depending on how someone else views the light. And, um, it can be very awkward, uh, when you proclaim to be the light, uh, and you are trying to live for Jesus, and in living for Jesus, you have this, this, this different perspective or idea of what this light really means. What does it mean to you to be the light? What does it mean to them to be the light? Is that kind of sum up what you were saying? What does it mean to them to be the light? It's like when you, maybe you talk to people that are in your family. How does it feel if you, I mean, I don't know, you, you try to talk to your family, and uh, my family might be online right now. <laughs> you talk to your family about Jesus. Is it awkward? Shouldn't be. But if you haven't been in the light, and then all of a sudden you're talking about the light, it is awkward at times um, because their view of the light, the world's view of the light, my view of the light before I became a Christian was, well, if you proclaim to be a Christian, you're kind of supposed to do that stuff. It doesn't make you any better. It's just now you have a different uh, obligation to, than the rest of us, right? And um, But we all have that obligation, don't we? It's the same rule for everyone, but not everyone wants to surrender to Christ. So enlightenment, enlightenment. So this is uh, one of the, uh, you know, the age of enlightenment, if you will. Um, but in Christ, enlightenment is so powerful because it really does, when you think about where you were before you became a Christian, even if you grew up going to church, where you were before you were a Christian and where you are now, and you view your own growth, And that's not arrogantly, I'm not speaking arrogantly. You just notice, hey, you know, things are a lot easier for me now than they used to be in regards to standing for what's right. And you view your own growth. It's amazing what enlightenment has done. It gives you this, it gives you courage. You know, when you when you are willing to stand, yes, this is, yes, I'm a Christian. So what? What's that to you? What's the problem with that? When you're willing to stand for Christ, it's very different from when you shy away, but well, I mean, well, yeah, I'm yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm I mean, think about this: if we were talking today, if we were in, a, in an audience, and um, and there were um, all the alphabets, I I usually say it in this way, and I <laughs> all the letters in the alphabet, you know, your LGBTQ, uh, K R S T U V W X Y Z, you're all those letters, right? Who who feels comfortable? I mean, I'm in an audience with people that that are opposed to Christ. Should I feel comfortable in that audience, or should I feel afraid, or um, should, I, should I cower down, or, no, I've been enlightened, <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm enlightened, and so now my job, responsibility is to be proud of being enlightened in Christ, stand up, right, then the Bible says act like men, stand up, be a man, be accountable, be called, be called to account for Jesus, we have to stand up in every way, don't we, even to help each other. Hold each other accountable in Christ. How critical is that? I want to go to Ephesians chapter, chapter one. So being enlightened is not, is not the time Jesus said, don't take your light and hide it under a peck measure. So again, if you're in that room, right, it may not feel too comfortable because we're humans, but you got to let your light shine. I'm not the one on trial. I've done anything wrong. (laughs) So if you go into a courtroom, and you're and you're sitting in the the audience. You don't have to fear the judge. You're just a spectator. Fear the judge when you're on trial. <laughs> and that'll be at, at our end. I want to look at the word the idea of enlightenment from uh Paul's prayer. I want to start in verse 15, and I, and thinking about Ephesus and, and coming out of of that area and um and and all the, the 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 evil uh, that goes on, you know, the temple of Diana and Artemis. You know that whole. Just the just the evil, and then these Christians have become these humans have become enlightened, and now they they surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, and they're going to walk with Jesus, but walking with Jesus means wait a minute, there's this epicenter where there's this huge bank, and there's this 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 idol God, and these people are idolatrous people and and they're going to see you as as being different and unique. What do you do with that? Do you hide it and not let anyone know you're a Christian? Or do you stand for Jesus? Now, I'm thankful that I'm standing for Jesus today. Because I'm not going to say what I would have done then. You know, maybe we might say, oh, if I were back in those days, I'd do that. Well, I'm not going to do that. That probably wouldn't be wise. But rather, today, how am I doing today standing as a Christian in the midst of darkness? right? And when I'm challenged How do I react or respond? What am I doing as God's child? So look at the word enlightenment. Remember, Paul's writing this, who has been enlightened on the road to Damascus. His eyes have been opened. Verse 15. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the workings of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave his head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all I want to grab two passages here, just kind of re- rewinding. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know. This is important. So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, want you think about this for just a moment. If this verse meant you were going to get a mansion on earth. And, and you're in a really nice fancy car and everyone's going to know you and you're going to be, you're going to sit on top of this hill. And when people drive by in your community, they're going to see, wow, that we, we wouldn't mind shining our lights, would we? You know, everybody to see us there because look at us because there's something about us. There's glory for us. There's fame for us. But, but that's not how this works, right? The glory goes to Jesus, right? But it's hard to let the glory go to Jesus because what about me? And then the next verse I want to uh, highlight is uh, in verse um, 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In other words, if God gave us some kind of status, right? So first of all, you see this guy on a hill, but now when you see me in the community, now I have this this status and everyone knows it's me. And you can't, you know, you're like, you're, you're greater than the... Than the greatest men on earth, you know, all the millionaires or whomever, you have status. But well, that's what we would love Christianity to be. But it's not status with the world, it's relationship with Christ. We have a relationship with Christ. We are we are the most important people on the earth to God. Think about that. We are the single Most important people on the earth to God. God has a mission and He wants to save the world. And He's using the most important people on the earth to take His gospel to a lost and dying world to help other people to be saved. To fix what is broken. We are that light, that reflection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus says, I am the light, those who recognize what that light is supposed to look like become a little bit offended. Well, that's what it's like in our religious world today, isn't it? Think about that. In our religious world, if you start talking about the doctrine of the church, you offend people. They don't want to hear doctrine. They just want to hear happy go lucky musical songs, and they all live happily ever after. But that's not the end of the story. When people of the world who are are who are People that are close to the light, meaning they're reading the Bible, they see the light, but they have not come to the light, they become offended very easily. Listen to Jesus. John uh, chapter 9, please. As the Messiah is speaking in the midst of, of, of supposedly the religious leaders of the day, and he's talking to them, and the idea of spiritual enlightenment, Comes out. How do they respond to that? Listen to verse 35, please. Jesus heard that they had put him out. This is speaking of the blind man, by the way. And finding him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, And who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who was talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say, We see, your sin remains. So think about that. For Here are the people who knew the right thing to do, but didn't want to do it for that fame and that glory and prestige. And there are people, and we know this, right? Maybe you were like this at one time. Maybe when someone tried to study with you, maybe it took you a while to surrender. Even though you knew it was right and you knew it was true, it took you a while to surrender. And so... When we stand in the midst of people and they see the truth, what are some things you've heard coming out of Bible study, right? You're in the Bible study and, and you, you, you know, you, you show the word and they look at it and they go, oh, now I see. And then they understand. Now they've been enlightened. They understand that in order to come to Christ, you must hear the word, believe it, repent, confess and be baptized and then stay faithful to Jesus until the day you die. You gotta be with Jesus, right? And they realize it and they recognize it in the home and then Another light bulb turns on, and they start thinking about everybody else. Have you been heard? Ever heard? What about all the other people? You ever heard that in a Bible study before? Um, have you ever heard? Um, well, what about? And they start naming individuals, maybe in their family or out of their families. And there's this hesitation, and then sometimes there's a, an offense. You people think you're better than everyone else. You people think you're the only ones, what? (laughs) Yeah. You people think you're the only ones going to heaven and you're going, where did you, you I remember sitting in Bible class, I'm sitting going, where did you get all that from? I didn't even read that in there. I was just, I didn't, I never, I never said that. I never said anyone else is, is going to, you know, to hell. I never talked about grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, friends, family members. I've never, I never mentioned, I don't even know them just talking we were just studying the Bible and the light bulb came on and you immediately became offended and you lashed out at me and I never said one word like that where did you get that from that's what enlightenment does right you you've been there haven't you have you ever been there personally when you read the bible and you see yourself in there and you don't like what you read because it's about you <laughs> you're enlightened what do you do with that close it, run away, decide never to read it again, or continue to dig, get on your knees, and pray. The light means so much. The question is, does the light of Jesus truly affect us to where we become comfortable being the light in the midst of a dark and cruel world? Here's what I believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I believe. I believe everyone likes the light. I think everyone loves the light. And they love the Bible. They just you know and, and so I mean think about it. the Muslims love the Bible, now, they hate the Bible too, because it condemns the Muslims, but they love the Bible, they follow parts of the Bible think about that that's the truth, isn't it I mean they will you can sit down with them and read they will follow parts of the Bible, especially the Torah love the torah the you go through you know religions and you'll find they love the Bible, they take what they want out and and then they but they get rid of the rest of it. you can't do God's word that way if you love God's word, you're got to love it all, don't you you know, take it all when you take it all it eliminates everything else yes sir Uh, so the comment was that truth is truth, whether we like it or not. The fact that we read the Word of God and the light, uh, you know, the wor- the light from the Word illuminates. I mean, it shines bright on us. And if we close the Bible up or just try to forget it, it doesn't make that passage of Scripture or those passages of Scriptures dim. They're still just as bright as ever. It doesn't change the Word of God. So so the reality is, why? you know, what was it, an old cartoon, if you can't beat them, join them? Right, if you 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 can't, brethren, friends, online. There's only one way to get to heaven. You got to get into the light. (laughs) There's no other way. Why fight it? Why try to? Why try to stifle or dim the light? Yes. Yes. The fear of change when it comes to the light. The, so the light exposes us, and then as we uh, walk with with Jesus or begin our walk with Jesus, uh, it becomes too hard. This is the comment that's being made. It becomes too hard to change, and so we, you know, we're, while we're fighting, we're fighting two worlds. We're fighting the world of okay, now I want to be a Christian, but now you're fighting that old world that you used to be in, and it, it's too hard to fight that old man, that old world. Um, and so we're afraid of change. Change becomes more uh difficult than we than we want, than we desire. And yeah, that's that is a challenge, isn't it? Not only is it change within, but when people notice I've changed. Now my friends don't want my friends any longer. <laughs> oh you're different now, right? And they don't they don't like the change, but they love the change. I mean let me give you the, just for example. If they if you were around people that were, and you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. You're around people that are not Christians and all they want to do is, you know, fight and, you know, shoot and kill and maim and murder and rob stores. Are you, are you having a great life? Absolutely not. Right? You don't like that. Instead, you'd love to be in a world where there's peace. Everyone wants peace. But to get peace requires a tremendous change, doesn't it? It, it requires coming out of the darkness and stepping into the light. Of Jesus, church, we have to recognize that darkness, that dark, cruel world. Recognize what it really is. Recognize uh, what it represents. So, darkness is a very kind way of saying Satan, evil, Satanism. Right? It's an easy way. It's a it's a kind way of saying that. Oh, you're just in the darkness. It's a kind way of saying. You are a very evil and corrupt, wicked person. But you don't want to say that, so we just say, well, you're in the darkness. Well, I was at one time a very corrupt, wicked, evil person living in the darkness, and so were you. Every person who was outside of Christ, that's what we represented. Seeing the light and being enlightened and seeing Jesus, wow. What if he walked up to you and said, before you were a Christian, follow me. Would you have stopped everything and follow him? Think about that. I didn't have enough knowledge to stop and follow. I was like, who, who is this? Jesus. Oh, that's Jesus. Oh. Would you have stopped? All right, now, come to today. Jesus comes today and says, Tony, follow me. No questions asked, right? Enlightenment is an amazing thing in our lives. When Jesus says, I am the light, he is shining the brightness. He is exposing all the wickedness. He is doing us nothing but good. He's powerful. He's wonderful. He's great. I want to look at Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19 and verse 7. Now in the beginning it talks about the sun uh coming out and it talks about nature and the, and the greatness of, uh, of of nature that God has given that gives the glory to God the works. Verse seven says it's like verse one through six they're they're like a proof text. Now verse seven now the now the evidence is clear. Verse seven the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So I guess a simple question tonight is, now that you've been enlightened, not from this Bible study, just from your life in Jesus, now that you've been enlightened, are you willing to not only let your light shine, but does the shame go away? Uh, Does the... um, the the purposeless living or lifestyle go away. Stand up now for Jesus. Stand up and be counted. Stand out. Let everyone know. Pretend like you just saw a great movie. right? A great movie. You got to tell everybody about it. You got to see this movie. It was great. But this isn't a movie. This is real. You get the Word of God and you find Jesus and how wonderful, how beautiful, how amazing Is Jesus Christ, spoken from a man who's been enlightened, who at one time would have said, who is this Jesus? God is amazing. Let him shine in you that you might be that reflection. And it's amazing how great you will feel. And people will say about you, what is it about you that's different? You must be a Christian or something to that sense. Let your light shine. Be what Jesus wants you to be. It, it means so much. We'll come back and I'm going to finish up, uh, this, this part about the light and the spiritual enlightenment. Thank you for helping me out tonight, uh, making comments. Those of you who are just here to support, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your tolerance tonight. We'll, Lord willing, have the microphone working. Uh, that wasn't a sound booth issue. That was our issue. Just couldn't get it going. Uh, we'll get it, we'll get it ready, Lord willing. Next week, let's think more about what it means for Jesus to be that light, that light. So the lesson is yours. If you have any um, needs and we can uh, help you in any way, please contact us in a moment. Uh, they'll put up um, our information if you don't have it. We'll have a devotional in just a moment and uh, some announcements. God bless you and thank each and every one of you for your time tonight.